Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Everybody, welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. Uh, treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. It's so good to have you. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. I'm the host of this year's show, and that over there is the co host. Jay Spencer King, I got it this time. I got it. I was on point. I was on point. You didn't trick me. I thought you were going to trick me. You didn't do it. Hump it, day. It is hump, hump day. day. Hump, hump, hump. Mike, 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 Mike. Do you know what day it is? Do you know what day it is, Spence? It's Thanksgiving Eve. It is Thanksgiving Eve, and it is hump day as well. So do us a favor. Whatever platform you are watching, consuming, listening like. to, hump that like. <laughs> also, subscribe. We are Super Chat Live. So if you want to get a comment, question, or if you want to uh, just be a part of the show, do us a favor and, uh, and yeah, jump on that, uh, that uh, Super Chat button. But uh, what we want to do is we want to have a special hump day collaboration. And with that, as you saw on the title slide, if you saw the advertisement for this, we are bringing in the three-man rush folks so the i would like to o. welcome to the show big o whose microphone is muted and sarah sarah how are you i'm good i'm uh still chilling in detroit i'm uh at a friend's house with lots of good food so hanging oh, out oh. wait is the food better than buffalo food it is i mean it's homemade like mac and cheese and greens oh, and turkey right. and some right. some sweet potatoes Ooh. i'm good mm-hmm. i'm good mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. jerry o big o how you feeling Good little public service announcement. If you are over the age of 25, you're not allowed to go to the club tonight. Stay home. <laughs> Only 25 and younger can be at the bars tonight. <laughs> at least that's what I've been told by my kids anyway. So, you know, no, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I feel like that. I feel like that's good advice, though, Jerry, because every time I go out <laughs> and every time, like all this season when we've gone out at these pre tailgates, like the night before and stuff like I'm not I'm right. no good at the game the next day. So I, I'm thinking that you're you know, you got right. some good advice there. I am perfectly fine on game day after drinking the night before. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the, the, whole room, the whole room knows at this point. <laughs> I'm just saying. Somebody, we got some, somebody called their shot, man. We got Jerry, some stories. Jerry dropped some uh, some muffins at the Kansas City tailgate, and I saved them, though. So Jerry had too much yeah. to drink at that tailgate. <laughs> Never, never, just never. Baltimore was rough on Sarah. I'm gonna just yes, tell you. Baltimore was very, very rough. <laughs> the best, the best Jerry Ostrowski story I have at the Kansas City game was Jerry cooking away on the grill, and and I don't know at what point, but at some point 
a lot of people had made it around our tailgate. Kenny, uh, Kenny was just a, a couple away. The Springfield Bills backers were just a couple away, but there was just a mass of people around us. But but Jerry's sitting there cooking away, and this dude walks up to Jerry and goes, "You're a big old boy. Did you ever play football?" <laughs> and Jerry's obliged him. I sure did. <laughs> Where did for you who? play? Where did you play, Tulsa? And for the Bills, you played for the Bills. <laughs> yeah, move move on, move on, Junior, move on. But no, there was that, and the other one was the proclamation of i came to the game we won thank you you're welcome that was I'm amazing going, i'm going home here. now <laughs> we're all back at the tailgate after the game and yeah that was jerry out of out of the darkness you hear jerry's voice I came, <laughs> we won you're welcome <laughs> it was amazing speaking of wins big win this past weekend big uh in detroit which is where sarah is pointing in that direction down there i'm not used to doing <laughs> um but uh yeah exactly uh, again <laughs> that would be trippy if you had to point up the point down uh against the cleveland browns and uh as we kind of put this that game i should say to bed right um how are we feeling at this point jerry how are you feeling about that game now that it's three days past yada 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 I'm feeling pretty good about it. Like I said the other day, I think that, um, you know, they had a little bit of adversity. I know uh, you would think it's not a big deal changing, you know, changing plans like they did, but it was. And not only that, I think the biggest over the thing they overcame was the illness during the week, the limited practice schedule. Um, You know, you saw it in the first three, the first three drives were three and outs. They didn't look very crisp. Then they got things going and they, uh, they got that W. So I think with everything that went on, you get a win. uh, People need to be happy. Yeah, I I don't disagree. Spence, what do you think? Well, Jerry and I actually talked about this yesterday on Code of Conduct, and I'm I'm a little on the negative side of things. I'm like, (laughs) you know, I I don't know. I just feel like Josh is in his head. He's not playing um, Josh Allen football that we're used to seeing, and I'm also just a little concerned with with some of the injuries that we have on defense. You know, Mm. with uh, Tremaine, everybody knows how I feel about Tremaine, so with Tremaine being out tomorrow, that's no good for me. With, Mm. um, you know, I I don't know. I just... I want I want to see us get back to dominating games. So like the first yeah. few weeks of the season spoiled me. And right now I just don't feel as spoiled. I feel like, you know, they got me on the edge of my seat and I don't like that crap, man. Like right. go out and destroy teams. <laughs> that's that's right. true. Sarah, how are you feeling? Uh you're so I don't there's not a hangover. You're kind of still hung in there. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, the the first uh quarter and a half, I mean, I don't think we had a first down until about seven minutes left in the the uh second quarter. So I being there, I felt like we were playing terrible. I was in my own feelings. Um I wasn't, you know, I I kind of thought we were playing worse than we actually were now yeah. that I've rewatched the game. Um now that I've rewatched it, I there's there was parts that I, I'm picking and choosing now to see like, okay, flashes, flashes, mm-hmm. but um, Singletary and Cook just coming alive uh, in, in Knox. I mean, Knox was seven of seven. So that makes yeah. me happy because, you know, he needs to get those, those targets in order to yeah. be able to contribute. So yeah. it made me happy so- to see that. And uh, I rewatched the game today. And like I said, I, I feel a little bit better now that I've rewatched the game. I've had a crazy, incredibly busy week. I, I had that whole, I want to lay low. I'm going to lay low the first, the, the three days before Thanksgiving and then lost the lay low lob- lottery at work. Like I've just been, everything that could go wrong went wrong as far as work-wise this week. So I did not get a chance to watch the game back, but I've got a pretty good emotional mindset of where I felt. Um, and I would, 
slightly disagree with you, Sarah. There was nothing overly redeemable in that first quarter and a half. No, outside. no, not the first quarter and a half. <laughs> I mean, Hines. the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, Naheem Hines kept uh, our, our fannies in that football game by providing the Bills field position, the Bills offense field position. Go ahead. No, finish your thought. I just want you to know I got something when you're done. <laughs> I got uh, well, something. I, it, it, it's a long thought, so I'll, I'll, I'll abbreviate in a second. So so he he provided the Bills field position because the offense was trash and had a really hard time that first quarter. I mean, they had they had the ball for five minutes in the first quarter. It was not right. great, and the Bills defense couldn't stop anybody. But Naheem Hines did a great job of providing us opportunities. Complimentary football. Go ahead, Spence. No, I just wanted to say um, I'm officially retiring my love for Andre Roberts. And now I am officially committed to Naheem Hines over the next oh. couple of seasons. So my special teams, yeah, my special teams, you know, man crush is Naheem Hines. So Andre Roberts, you can rest in retirement in peace. And I will not, I won't call in your ghost of, of Bill's time or whatever. I'm good with Naheem Hines. If we traded a fourth round draft pick for a good special teams punt and kickoff return, I'm happy. I'm yeah. happy, it, especially if Devin Singletary and James Cook is doing what they're doing, running the ball. I don't need Hines to get involved in the run. I, I do want to see him as a slot receiver. We don't have to talk about that yet. We can talk about yeah. it later. But yeah. if he if if he's here just for special teams and he's going to give us what he gave us this past week, Andre, go ahead and relax, man. I love you, man. And yeah. Joe, Joe, just to clarify, I was – into the fourth quarter still saying what in the hell are we doing so when i oh. say i read yeah i mean i i felt like we were playing terrible the whole time I, I at one point i looked up i was like how do we have 31 points like yeah. how you know and then i had i had to like sit there holy, holy crap we had six field goals six so, field goals there, yeah. was, there was one point i don't remember which field goal it was in the fourth quarter where i looked at mccann and i was like that's the game they can't come back from this like i knew that we had got i think we were three possessions up just barely three possessions up at that point in time uh before the last field goal but but it went from me being like like, okay, like the season's over. Like, that's where we're at. Josh Allen, and I said this on the Phoenix show, is like taking the snap and peeking at the, def the defense to see who's coming before he's like going through his progressions, which is never where you want to be as a professional quarterback. You never, not only is it bad for just the routes and the timing and everything else, but when the guys like Jerry watch that back on the film, it says, this dude doesn't trust me at all. <laughs> Like, right. So, and it, so it went from that and just not being able to execute anywhere, but like I said, special teams to, oh, thank God. Like I'm beginning to see the team that I'm used to seeing Josh's. I, I feel like that, that touchdown that he threw to Stefan Diggs at the end of the half was almost like the door opening. Not that it, it, we didn't do anything still in the red zone. The red zone was still a problem, but there was a great deal of, I felt like he got us a little bit of his swag back. Anybody want to bite on that? Yeah, it was like a collective sigh of relief. Like, I think from sure. both Stefan Diggs and for Josh, I think, and you know, I think it, it let out in the stadium. Like, everyone was like, <sighs> finally, you know. So I think that that's uh, what kind of set us up for the second half. Yeah, for And sure. Jessica says that the Bills scored on seven straight drives in the game. And and I agree that obviously some, I, I'm a little negative this week. However, <laughs> the thing a is. Little. Well, no, but you, you got to understand, I don't want to win games by kicking field goals. We scored right. 19 points with field goals. I, I'm I'm the guy that I want to see us, you know what I mean? Like, I want to see Josh Allen finish the drive off. And I know we got the one to Steph, but even that one, it just looked weird. Like, he, like Josh, Steph was wide open. Josh threw it and he fell himself. Like, he tripped over his own legs. And then he's just like, it, it just, I don't know. Something just seems off. And he, I don't know. I don't know. 
he commented on that on Kyle's basement, <clears throat> Kyle Brent's basement. Um, I don't know if you got to listen or watch that episode because Kyle was making fun of him a little bit in a good way on Monday, just about how hard he threw the football. It was like something. It was a segment that they did on highlights, and he basically said when he when he took the snap and saw, he said everybody's got that concept, that route concept in their in their offense. It's not like it's something unique to the Bills. But Steph came free. And when Steph came free, he's like, I wanted, he goes, I wanted to make sure. So I basically threw the ball as hard as I could. He said, and when I'm rolling to my left, he said, the amount of openness that I have to get to make that throw basically puts your feet in an awkward position. And he goes, and I tried to dot him is what he said. And he did, right? He goes, so when I released it, my foot stuck and it just kind of knocked me and I rolled over backwards, which was the description that he gave. Now, whether or not you buy that, I feel like something's off. Like, I just, the whole, and not just, I mean, I brought up that one play, but because I'm saying, like, even the play that we scored, it just didn't look, it didn't look like the chemistry was what we're used to seeing. Like, normally it just, it's a sexy connection, you know? Like, Josh just go ahead and he flicks it out Mm -hmm. there and digs. It's just, it looks pretty. Nothing about that game looked pretty. We won, so that's pretty. But nothing about the game looked pretty to me. So, you know, there there is some concern for me. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Big O. Big O. Do we do we not take into consideration what they went through this past week? I don't. And we talked really (laughs) do we really not? This is like therapy to me. This is like therapy. Josh has won two weeks. Josh hasn't practiced in two weeks. Right. We won. And it's like I feel like we're we're like getting ready to pick first. Like we're gonna be in the lottery to get the first (laughs) pick of the draft. No, like this is crazy to me. No, and I'm like, it's like Josh, that that touchdown to Diggs was, was no style it was horrible and i get what you're saying but no i'm not saying it's horrible no i'm not saying it's horrible i'm saying we scored and that was fine but what i'm saying is the offense didn't flow the way you expect an offense to coming into this season everybody's like oh this bill and now right now i get it we're we're second in the league you know but we're not second in the league over the last four weeks we're second in the league because of the the first half of the season those first five games we we blew teams out so much that now we had some catching up to do so now we're in second place that's scary to me. We we were ahead by a country mile, and all of a sudden we're second place behind Kansas City. I don't like it. And then on top of again, you're right. We won the game. We're seven and three, but we're seven and three, and we're behind the Miami Dolphins. We're mm. seven and three, and we lost yeah. to the New York Jets. So mm, right. so you know, I, I I I hear you, but my expectations now aren't the Buffalo Bills with EJ Manuel at quarterback. My expectations now, look, we're making the playoffs four out of five years with Sean McDermott. We made it to the AFC Championship. We lost to Kansas City with 13 seconds. Now I'm like, man, damn that. I'm ready to win. So I'm trying right, to, I, I want that. I want the number one seed in the conference. I want, so I'm, I guess, I, I know I'm being nitpicky. I get it. But it's like, when, when we're not ending drives with touchdowns and we're ending dri- against the Cleveland Browns at that. I think, I said it on the overreaction post game show on Sunday. And and the line that I said was it's difficult to sit on your couch or in the stands, Sarah, and watch this team perform the way they perform when you know how good they are and how good they can be. And I think that's what Spence is trying to say, Jerry, the question I would have, and I think the biggest problem with the red. So there's two different issues with the offense. There's the between the twenties. And then there's the red zone is you guys talk about the red zone. I agree with that. I yeah. think that's where they're offensively. They're having issues and it's red zone. It's Josh Allen. And they're not yes. rushing. The, the threat of his legs yes. is gone and it's not gone because he can't run. The threat of his legs is gone because they don't run him inside the 20 anymore, which basically changes the way the defense plays you. Yes. But why, why do you not? And we had this conversation last night, Spence mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. you can't change what this guy is. Right. You can't do it. It's you have to let him play. If he wants to run, you got to let him run. You got to get him in the game. He's a guy that's about flow and feel and 
you know, let him make plays with his feet. He's not getting hurt outside the pocket, everybody. He's getting hurt in the pocket. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, when he runs, he is the person delivering the blow. He's not taking anything. That's why he runs violent for a quarterback. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Let the guy make plays. Why do we try to make people, you know, why do we try to change guys' style of play when they've done this to get where they are? That's one thing I don't get. Yeah, I would push back a little bit. So Josh has been injured three times, both twice with the elbow, once with his shoulder. The elbow both times in the pocket, his shoulder, he was outside the pocket. He was trying to get away in the Raiders game in 2020 and, and hurt, okay. his, hurt his left shoulder. But but to your point, most there's statistics out there that prove that most quarterbacks do not get injured in the pot, pocket. They get or outside the pocket, they get injured in the pocket, to your point. Mm-hmm. So talk about the good stuff. So let's turn this to our first topic of the show, um, which is that you know, the Buffalo Bills did a great job. They found some success, some synergy. They found some ability to run with both Singletary and Cook. Um, in what is seemingly a little bit of a different run scheme than maybe what we're used to. We saw it the week before a little bit against the Jets running the draw and the Bills found success in it in this game with both players and Cook, to me, finally looked like the game wasn't too big for him. Like, because wildly for me, it just, he just looked a little bit like, whoa, there's some big fast dudes in this league and I don't know what I'm doing right now. So it was nice to see that, but uh, both of them tallying, I think, over 85 yards. I've got 80 yards. 86, yeah, 86 each. The question is, and I would love any one of you that want to go first, Sarah, maybe, is it sustainable what we saw this past weekend? Can we do it again against the Lions? I think so. I And I kind of made a comment on another show. I felt like once they, and I I feel terrible saying the word dumb it down for, for Cook, but once they stopped passing him those little dump off passes after the first quarter, it seemed like it just clicked for him. It was get the ball and run, go forward, you know, and, and find your holes and go and stop with these little cutesy little, you know, um, passes. And he just seemed so confused in the first quarter to the point where Josh was like, go here, go here, do this. And I was just like, what is going on? Get him off the field. At one point I was like, don't play him. If he, if he doesn't know what's being called, if he doesn't understand the play, get him off the field. But once Mm. they stopped doing it and they just gave him the ball and he ran, it was, he was a different guy. And that was when we were like, this is the, you know, the James Cook that we drafted and, you know, to see him in Singletary, I know Singletary didn't have as many, you know, yards per carry, but um, to have them both walk away with, you know, 86 yards each, it's what we need. And I think that, you know, the the offensive line did a really good job as well. So I'm looking forward to us continuing. I like not seeing Josh have to put it all on his shoulders, but I still wish we would have involved him a little bit more in the, in the run game. Um, just a little bit. I enjoy watching Josh do that. Yeah, I agree with Sarah. Well, I agree with Sarah. Uh, first, I was just, yeah, I was throwing the Tracy comment up. Pay Poyer. Pay my dog. He deserves it. But Real I'm agreeing with Sarah. Um, the the yards per carry for me with Singletary, um, it, do, it matters, but it doesn't matter as much because, like, when you watch that game, he made plays at the moment that we needed mm-hmm. it. And he was, you know, it's like he always runs bigger than he is, and he always seems to, you know, it's like he turns a one-yard gain into four. He turns a three-yard gain into seven. And it's just yeah. one of those things where consistently, like every week now, since I want to say maybe like week seven, week six, he's just been he, – he's just been – you can tell that something is clicking with him. And, and it's like, get this guy to ball. And I'm going to disagree a little bit with Sarah when it comes to James Cook because I feel like early in the season we were seeing a confused James Cook and maybe in the first quarter it was kind of like the things you know the plays might not have been communicated properly or whatever but what I feel like we saw throughout the rest of the game I feel like we're finally seeing like you mentioned the James Cook that we saw 
in college and like the, the person that we drafted. And I always hear players say the game finally started to slow down for me. Yeah. You, it's almost like you can literally see it slowing down for him and he's faster than everybody on the defense. Mm-hmm. And it, look, man, if they, if they continue to feed this guy the ball, it, it's going to be a problem for defenses come, you know, end of the season and playoffs. That's, that's what we need. That's what we need. Big O, what you, as far as, real quick, I I want to ask him as far as, hold on, as far as offensive line play though, um, because it's a different, the tempo, it's a switch up between Singletary and Cook. So, you know, when you have those guys coming in and and now you got Cook being shot out of a cannon basically, and then you have Singletary that's kind of like the the ground and pound. How is that a little bit, you know, what what changes as far as um, how the offensive line kind of communicates and plays when those guys come in and out? Well, I think it has to do a lot with with theory. Okay, so like if you have a guy that is a downhill dude that is it is a one foot in the ground and go like Cook is, that is like you want to run pin and pull, you want to run you want to run stretch plays, things like that, plays where he can go and try to outrun blocker or outrun tacklers, things like that. Singletary is more patient; he can kind of hang, 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 cut behind the guard. He's a little bit of his own runner. Um, when it comes to those types of things. When I look at us offensive line-wise, I think we're a scheme-em-up type of offensive line. I don't think we're the the Cowboys of days with Larry Allen and Mark Tuane and Eric Williams where we're going to line up and you go, I'm going to put eight guys, nine guys in the box, and we're still going to run zone and move you, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're really, really good. And Kansas, the Kansas City game kind of showed it. We ran some pin-and-pull stuff where Morse – was uh, pulling outside. We were down, down. We had two guys pulling outside, some pin and pull concept. We like to run counter. We like to run power. We're much more of a scheme-type gap-running team, I believe, offensive line-wise and back-wise, as opposed to running the old-school, you know, elephant elephant dance, two butt cheeks together, and, you know, you got this guy, you got them just try to, to waltz our way down the field. So I think that while the, you know, and 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 Joey made a comment about getting on John about running the draw play and the draw play being successful, that's why I think the draw play is successful because we can scheme stuff up with the draw, with those things because of how we play offense and some of the calls we make. So if we ever have to go out and they say, okay, you're going to have to physically move this defense play after play, not sure we're going to be very good at that. But man, these guys can run, they're athletic, they can pass pro. So when you get them out in open space running, we can make plays. Yeah, the question is, is, is it sustainable, right? Is it, is it, is this, was this a, uh, you know, was this the, the sum of playing against a bad Browns rush defense? Is this about the offensive line possibly potentially finally getting it? Is it about, you know, something else that's going on scheme-wise? And that's the question. I, I wanted to go before him because he's kind of like the offensive line ac- expert. So I'm glad that you didn't, like, bear, like take my thunder because I was nervous about that. Um, but, like, is there – like, from what you're seeing, is there – is what they're trying to accomplish, like, can they replicate it against good defense? Yeah. So yeah, I know can. that your, your offense ran the draw play almost at will with Thurman. But there was a great deal of such a pass-heavy offense back then in that day, right? Uh, and guys pinning their ears back, coming to get Jim, and then Jim would just go, bloop, hand it to Thurman, and he'd run right back, right, right past the rushers. Now, the Bills haven't really traditionally done that in this offense. And, again, against the Jets, it didn't work at all the couple times they did it. Um, the draws, generally speaking, a play that teams run when they're third and 17, third and 21, well, we've got Josh Allen, who's going to throw the ball 25 yards when they're third and 21 and complete it. So the Bills don't really run that, but that's what a lot of teams do. So the question is, 
if it's third or if it's second and four, is this a sustainable play for the Bills? Well, it has been for the last couple of years. The problem is it hasn't been the tailback run. It's been Josh Allen. True. I mean, we've run quarterback. We've ran quarterback draw quite a bit. Um, true, true. They changed it up. They went ahead and gave it to tailback. So kudos to Dorsey and the rest of the staff for doing that. The thing I like about quarterback draw is I'm a big ad guy. I want to add a blocker. Um, so if I can add a back to block and be a lead blocker for my quarterback on the draw, I'm all for it. But I think it is good that they switched it up a little bit. Yeah, it is sustainable. Um, but the biggest thing is when you run draw plays, it's got to be against athletic type defensive linemen. Okay. You can't run a draw. Like we try to run a draw against Tim Bowens and Daryl Garner. When Miami back in the day, you got three sixty-five and three forty. They're not going anywhere. They're slow. So you can, <laughs> right. So a, you can't move them or B, they're just going to stand there. Yeah. They're going to, you know, like Ted Washington played the draw better than anybody. That's because right. Ted, you know, Ted stood there like, oh, here comes the draw. He'd hold three same guys with, and then grab right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Same thing with the same thing with the screen. So I think they took what Cleveland does on defense, which is get upfield and get after you, and took it to their advantage. So they schemed that up probably a little bit more than than normal. The hard part about sorry, Spence. The hard part about what you're saying, and it's it, it's not hard because it's bad. It's hard because it's good. When Josh Allen begins to run those plays and take over the game, you see it affect the defense. The defense is like, you see them begin to wilt. They're just like, we got to stop him running too. And then they begin to focus right. on stopping him running. And then he starts throwing lasers down the field. And then they adjust to that. And then he starts running the ball again. I just don't even know what the answer is. I mean, Spence, do we protect this guy? Do we not protect this guy? Do we let him just be him? I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just wanted to know why you apologized to me. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do. Oh, you I thought you were about to say something. No, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm oh, just God. out here, man. Why'd you? Apologize? <laughs> I thought you were about to speak, and I spoke over you. So, yeah. no, no. I, but but, I, but yeah, you just, you let you let everybody. I think I think what everybody here is saying is basically what we've known from this team, top to bottom. Let the team play. Just let them play. Let. Let mm. these guys be who they are and let everything flow. And, uh, you know, especially when we're talking about offensively, you know, like Josh and you talk about the running backs and you talk about let those guys just be who they are, man. And when they overthink it is when things go wrong. And I feel like that's why I was complaining earlier. I feel like Josh is overthinking it. But mm. but no, just let them be who they are. Big O, you had something? Yeah, you know, and the reason why these quarterback runs work is because the offense is at a disadvantage every time the ball is snapped. Every time. Why are you laughing? That's my no, sister. Yeah, that's <laughs> that was Jamie. That's my sister. I love Jamie okay. so much. And, and mom's not here tonight, but shout out to mom. She's upstairs. She's upstairs. Oh, okay. Oh, I got you you. gotta have okay, her come down and join, man. They're she can't say hi. They're playing family games. <laughs> but seriously, they're at a they're at a dis the offensive disadvantage every snap because the quarterback takes the ball and whoever gets the ball from the quarterback, they're already two guys down. So it is it is nine versus eleven every snap. But if I get the quarterback involved in the run game, it's it's ten versus eleven. So my numbers are better, and uh, you have a better chance. That's why I like the quarterback run game. No, I do too. I just there's just an aspect of like we we want to see this kid play for another fifteen years, right? I don't I don't want to I don't want to Cam Cam Newton him. I don't you know what I mean? Like he's already. No, I mean, 
You can't change the way a guy plays. Yeah, yeah. and but, I'm with but that. But can you? Pro- it's it's Jim Kelly. I mean, it literally. And I'd like, and no. I'd like to be 185. I'd like to be 185 <laughs> and in skinny jeans, but you know, <laughs> let, let me finish. Fans, but you know. he's not Jim Kelly in the sense of like Jim Kelly was a similar player. What I mean is, is right. Jim Kelly was destroyed in the USFL his first three years as a quarterback, which is why Jerry watched him retire probably three, four years before he should have. His body was just broken at that point in time. Well, when well, I say no, all the good offensive linemen were in the NFL, not right. in the USFL. That's exactly well, right. Touche, touche. Uh, John Fina and the except big Kent Hall. Were in except Kent Hall. <laughs> Kent Hall was in the USFL. Yes. But you. but when I when I say uh, and I just kind of pause on that thought about Jim Kelly and all that, I know you didn't mean that they play similar ball. No, the thing not is, at all. Right, I know you didn't mean that, but the thing is, when you when you talk about Josh, the thing is, that's literally who he is. Yeah, like he's yeah. the guy that he doesn't even feel like he's part of the game until he gets hit once. You know what or I mean? Twice. Like he or twice. Right. And <laughs> so the thing is, it's like, look, no, I don't want him to get hit. But at the same time, in the red zone, when we're having red zone issues, why are we not running those quarterback sweeps or why are we not running those those plays where we have three guys blocking in front of him and he can gain 15 yards, you know, on a play that typically gains five? Like, why yeah. are we not running those plays? Yeah. That's who he is, and we need to use him that way. I got a question for Sarah about about it, though. Like, because because you've been to every game this year, last year, for the like last eighty years, you're at the game, right? So <laughs> when you're at these games, you're that old, there? <laughs> she looks young, right? <laughs> but but no, when, when you're when you're so when you're watching Josh and you're watching um, like at the game. Is it is it as frustrating for for you and the fans at the game? Like, because I feel like in the stadium sometimes when you're watching it on TV, you can almost feel the air sucked out of the stadium every single freaking time he runs the ball. And at home, I know for me it's just like like ah uh, like I want him to run, but it's like don't run. <laughs> How is that for you at the stadium? And I know that's yeah. like a a weird question, but I mean like well, it, it's good. Yeah, and well, that's what I was kind of saying to Joe at the beginning. Is even into the fourth quarter, like we we felt like we were playing worse than we were, even though we were ahead. And uh, there's just so many times that you're, you know, when when Josh does run with the ball, you're like, oh, please don't get hurt. But at the same time, like go back to to last week when you know we had uh, second and two, third and two, fourth and two, and you're screaming, "Why are we not running the ball?" So it is, you know, it's frustrating. And then it's almost like you, that's, it got really quiet at one point in the stadium. And when I rewatched it, uh, rewatched the game, the commentators even said, it's really quiet in the stadium right now. Mm -hmm. It's because like Bill's fans didn't know what to, like if we should be cheering that we were winning because we were kicking a buttload of freaking field goals or, Mm -hmm. you know, what we, where we should feel like at that point, it wasn't until Singletary and Cook, really started getting you know going they were like okay so this is just a different way of winning so uh you know i i just i drank for <laughs> for a couple of a uh, couple of quarters um because yeah it, it does take it out of you yeah for sure do you think the red zone issues have uh, have anything to do with our lack of 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 elite size at receiver no Mm-mm. I think it's literally, I think, I think there's two to any, anybody on this panel can correct me. Anybody in the, in the comment section, if you feel like you've got a better reason for what I'm about to say, please chime in. Cause I'd like to hear it. I think the problem between the twenties is Cole Beasley, his absence from this offense. And I think the problem inside the 20 is they are not, there's no more threat of Josh Allen running the football. 
the 17-yard runs that Josh Allen has put in the end zone on first and 17, second and 17, third and 17 with his legs makes a defense have to worry about it. And they don't have to worry about it right now. Defenses know that he ain't coming. At, at first and six, first and goal anywhere inside the 10, he's not coming. So we're just going to hang back and we're going to cover the guys. And again, even inside the 20, Cole Beasley isn't there. And I, I get that so many people dislike Cole Beasley for every other reason other than football. I'm not about to get into political talks. I'm not about to nope. get into all of that other stuff. But what I will tell you is I watched a clip today that the NFL posted from last year against the Saints. And <laughs> the Thanksgiving game against the Saints. I miss Cole Beasley so much in this offense. Yep, like, yep. like Cole Beasley is that third and six automatic nine-yard game. Right. He's right. that – He's like he's just – and we don't have that. And I know – I'm about to I'm about to do it again, Joe. I don't want to do it again, but I'm about to do it again. <laughs> My mom referenced it today. Man, Spence was really worked up last week. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah McKenzie just gets under my skin with the amount of mistakes that he makes. And and like I get it. Everybody wanted him to just fill into that role. And we signed him back to a couple year deal. And it's like, okay, he's not playing for Candy anymore. So he's gonna be good in this role. He's gonna take over for Cole Beasley. We don't need Cole Beasley and his political whatever it is that he's talking. I tell you what, I would much rather Cole Beasley tweet, Instagram, TikTok, whatever political crap he wants, but still comes out here and gives me a first down on third and seven. Like, I, I, that's the Cole B, that's the player I need. And right now what we're getting out of, I'm not going to pick on, on one player, but what Any we're getting out of our receivers after Stefan Diggs is not that. Nope. I, talk, I, had a whole, I had a whole segment on how bad uh, Gabriel Davis is playing. Like, mm. He had a decent game Sunday, decent game. He's He has 17% before that game. He dropped 17% of his targets coming into that game. He caught 24 passes out of 48 targets. So basically 50% of his targets he's catching. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but this and, is wide receiver too. And he's on the hands team. Yeah. And almost <laughs> messed, Are almost you kidding me? And Shout, out Shout out to Taiwan Jones. Shout out to Taiwan Jones. Who shoved that ball out of bounds. He Thank dove you. over the defender and shoved that ball out of bounds. <laughs> Come on, man. Pam Great. says real quick, before we move on, no one was talking about Beasley in the first five games. So do we only miss him because of Davis not performing? I disagree, but I, I want to hear your thoughts first. Let's, let's go to Jerry, then Sarah, and then Joe, and then I'll, I'll jump in, and then we can move on wherever, wherever you want to go. You know, I think Cole Beasley was was fantastic when he played. I think that there's there's some guys on this team that could step up and take that role. Um, they're just young. I mean, I like Shakur. I think he can he can play. Um, obviously, they've had some issues, Bruce, but um, you know, not Isaac Bruce. <laughs> so so anyway, yeah. I mean, there seems to be a lack of that of that guy that you know is going to get you that, that six yards, like you said, that five yard catch at the sticks, um, you know, guys are getting an opportunity to take that rollover, but they're not, but um, I don't know. Maybe that guy still is on the team. We just haven't found him yet, but I, I, I don't know. I, I know people like to, I know Spence is hard on Gabe Davis. I don't, I don't have the issue with Gabe. I have Gabe does need to play better, but I still think he's a good receiver. I really do. I'm not hard on him. Real quick, I'm sorry. I just want to respond. Yeah. I'm not hard on him. I, I've liked him, and I, I've I've kind of I've tried to make sure I give him all the love that I can. But at the same time, I want to be honest. Like I don't want to just be that guy where it's like, oh, I'm a Bills fan, so everything that the Bills do is perfect. No, when you're right. catching 24 out of 48 passes, you're not wide receiver right. too. 
So that's where I'm at. Right. But I, but I love Gabe Davis. I think obviously he showed up big in that Pittsburgh game. I had <sighs> nothing to say at the Pittsburgh game. Nothing, but, you know. But is is did they pay Knox to be that guy and he's not coming through? But why? they got to target him. They got to target him. Right. And we talked about that yesterday. He's they got to target him. Sarah. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about the first five or six games, uh, you know, realistically, he missed a, a full game and a half if not almost two full games of that. So I don't think it was, you know, we can't really talk about it's just, uh, you know, Gabe Davis saying he's actually been a little bit better than I thought. Um, I uh, had a conversation on a pod yesterday talking about him and we were looking up some numbers. His problem is that his drops have been like significant drops. They're like, are literally off his hands at the most inopportune times. And, and that's why we think we're all complaining right now is because you know, they're usually third down or, you know, third in victory, you know, <laughs> I mean, like if he would have caught that pass a couple weeks ago. No, I was just about right. to ask you the New York game, that last play, like in the stands where we were sitting, you couldn't really see how close of a, like how, how perfect of a pass that was from Josh. But then Sarah, go ahead and take over again. But I mean, like that pass right there, like at the end of the game, Josh threw a perfect pass after injuring his elbow and it literally mm. hit him yeah. right on Joe's face right here. It hit him on mm. Joe's face. It, well, it, and like off his face mask too. It was like right there. <laughs> it's, it's how he's, you know, we think we've all had the conversation. It's kind of how he's catching the ball. It seems like his mechanics are off or something lately. But, you know, yeah, it's like he's kind of clapping to, to catch the ball. But, um, you know, he was injured and, you know, we gave him the excuses when he came, you know, came back that, you know, he's still nursing that the ankle and, and whatnot. But um, he actually had a couple of good games here and there. It's just now those like I said, those drops are, are becoming an issue because they're at yeah. the worst possible time. Yeah, so to answer Joe, I'll answer Spence's question. To Joe Schmo's, Joe Schmo's question, which I'm not Joe Schmo. That other guy's Joe Schmo. Uh, Crowder's on IR and is done for the yeah. season and has yeah, been since, out. I think, week two or three. I think it was um, week three. Yeah. yeah, week three. So uh, as far as, you know, Pam's question. Was, I'm sorry, it was the Baltimore game. Yeah, yeah. the Baltimore game, right. So we, that was week three, four. right? Yeah, week four. Yeah, gotcha. four. Um, so did the Bills miss Cole Beasley in the first five weeks? Yes. No, because they were running a different offense. But I still say yes. I but, still well, say they yes. were, but 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 in the first four to five weeks, Josh was going to his right and to his left. They were they were playing the short game to the yep. flats. Right. Diggs versus, was eating. Versus, yeah. versus finding somebody three yards down the field in the hole. Somebody that can find the soft spot in the zone and just look at the defense and literally be on this. And 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 Jerry O can speak to this because offense. That that Buffalo Bills Kagan offense was the beginning of all the offenses that we see today. That 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 Marchabroda took into the Colts and like developed with Manning, and then all the offensive have kind of offenses have kind of developed there, which is basically the quarterback stands at, at the line at, at behind center, looks at the defense and makes a read, and the wide receivers have to make a similar read. Like they have options. Right beforehand versus no, no, I'm running the stick route, I'm running the dig, whatever. They look well. Beasley was a master at standing in his position in the slot and going, This is where the gap's going to be. And Josh was on the exact same page without them talking about it. Josh knew where Cole was going to be every single time. Yeah, I just want to say one thing about Beasley though, because at the end of last year, you know, we were all complaining about Beasley too. I'm ribs. I, he, I, granted, but like it was every time he catches the ball, he's falling down. He's not getting you the yards after catch. Of you course, but who was, I, I'm but just really, saying, who was we're always about, gonna. 
it was all i mean it was all over there social media people, everyone was there no, were people I, complaining but it's the, the way that they used beasley began to change over the over the three years as well which i complained to spence about a ton because there was routes that he was running early this first year here that were like genius routes that nobody could cover and then they stopped running them but my point was just that even from a three-yard standpoint, that was the, the run game for the Bills. And it was unstoppable, which caused all of the, the cover two guys. They couldn't play cover two Tampa two against us. They had to play a single high safety because Beasley was going to find that soft spot and beat you. Right, Jerry? Right. It's all choice routes. It's right. what it's what New England beat our heads in with for the last 10 years or however <laughs> yeah. many years. It was, you know, the tight ends, though, 17. did it there. Tight end choice routes. You know, it's, it's Beasley could see the coverage. Josh read the coverage. They did it together. If the linebacker, if the linebacker jumped you here, you were going there. If the linebacker played soft, you were going here. It was the same thing. They were able to be on the same page. They had that kind of chemistry. A lot of great receivers in the league, that's what they're doing. It's all choice route type stuff off of coverage and, and things of that nature. So he has not found that security blanket. I will admit that. I mean, he's got digs. He knows he can go to digs. He has not found that security blanket, that guy that no matter what he can go to, and make plays, which then what happens? The next guy I trust is who? Me, right? I'm going to have to make mm -hmm. all the plays. And then we get into the situation like we have right now with the tremendous amount of red zone turnovers and things of that nature. So, mm. you know, that's why I say let him run the ball and make plays. I mean, that's that's what he wants to do. Let him do it. Well, and I agree with you, Jerry, there as far as letting him run the ball. But the thing is, you're right. He, he has digs. But then there's even moments if you're going to play against good defenses. So that Jets game, I know we don't like their offense is a mess right now. <laughs> their bench right. Zach their Wilson. Their defense is good. Their, their defense, defense is good. Is and if you look at the second half of that game, where was Stefan Diggs? He was he was getting he was getting shut out by Sauce Gardner. He, he was, was getting shut down. And what happened? Yeah. And I and I, I I even I hesitate to say that publicly because he's such a great receiver. But the thing is, right. he really he really was. He was getting shut down. So when. The thing is, you I get it. Everybody in the comments now is talking about yak, and they're talking about how now the team is yak. And they, the thing is, on third down, if it was third and nine, Cole was getting you 11. I don't need yak in that situation. I need the first down. I need the drive to continue right. to go. And right now, we're not getting that. We're getting drops from Davis. We're getting, we're getting negative plays from McKenzie. <laughs> I was about to say something that Joe's mom would not have been proud of. So I, I'm proud of myself for correcting, but we're getting, we're getting things that, that don't help the offense. So whereas in the red zone, we used to be a top three offense in the red zone. Now we're pretty much right. bottom, I think bottom eight, you know, we, we used to be um, last year and the year before we, we were so many things. And I, I specifically point to Cole Beasley being the reason why the offense was able to continue to move the way they did. Diggs has always been Diggs, but you need a Cole Beasley type guy. Now I know big O and I talked about this last night. I'm hoping that Naheem Hines can kind of like Brandon Bean talked about it in his presser. Like he can play in the slot and he could play this and he could play that. Let's see it, man. Like, let's see yeah. it. Okay, you got to figure it out in a way, hopefully, with James Cook and, and, and Singletary in the backfield. So, hell, we're short receivers, man. Like, let's yeah. figure the slot right. out. We're embarrassingly short. And OBJ is another one of those guys. If you begin to put OBJ and Steph and, and, and move them in and out together where they get to run some of those choice routes. But you hit on a point that's not being talked about at all. So it's never one thing. It, when you've got an offense and talent as good as the Bills have, it's never like, oh, we took out one player. Guess what? Now you can't do anything. And it's it's no, we took out one player. 
So that guy that's smart and heady is thinking the way the quarterback's thinking is missing. The quarterback is no longer being used to run the ball. That's missing. And then the routes have changed. It's it's now about trying to get guys open to run after the catch. We heard about it. So there's a lot of things that have changed, and the offensive coordinator has changed. So it's it's not just one thing. It's several things, but the Beasley piece is, in my opinion, huge. Let's go ahead, Jerry. No, I was just going to say the thing about Himes that that does, that helps the offense as well is if he is going to play slot, you can go ahead and leave the same personnel in the game and change mm-hmm. formations, get them to the slot, move them backfield, and you can you can manipulate the defense that way by not taking players off the field and being able to hop into different sets yeah. with the same personnel. So that's something else they can utilize with him also. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, also the injury report, uh, changing, shifting gears, moving on to the Lions game. Once again, something uh, to behold as far as the injury <laughs> report goes. Several big names are still on this injury report. Tremaine Edmonds uh, is out. Greg Rousseau is out for this game. And then, uh, you know, there's obviously a conversation that we'll talk about in a second in regards to Mitch Morse. Um, but the graphic that I want to show you is this one. Uh, which is that uh, you've got all the injuries here. So out, Tremaine Evans, only one. Greg Rousseau out, doubtful, A.J. Epinesa, and then Mitch Morse, questionable. But this is a pretty, I mean, as much as these players have played, it was great to see Jordan Poyer back. Um, all pro po. Yeah, all pro re-up 21. The, the, you know, the, the question is, is you, you come out of a game with a dual-headed monster in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and you're going right into a game with, you know, Swift, and with Williams and it's they're not Chubb and Hunt but they're not slouches now I know where Spence is going and that's effectively what we probably need to talk about but when you when you think about those injuries Mm -hmm. Tremaine Edmonds and and Greg Rousseau missing where are we at Spence as far as you know defending this offense of the Lions well I was actually gonna I was actually gonna give more credit to the Bills defense even without Tremaine and Epinesa because I think I think when we're when we're talking about Detroit they do have a pretty good run game, but DeAndre Swift or Swift hasn't been what Swift should be, quote unquote. Like what everybody expected Swift to be this season, he's not. And right. then when you're talking about um, Williams, yeah, he's leading the league in touchdowns, which is amazing. I, I love him. He's on my fantasy team in like three leagues. Thank you, bro. Keep keep going. Just not tomorrow. I benched him tomorrow. For the record, he's benched. He is benched. But the thing is, he's great in the red zone. He doesn't. He's not like a league leader in yards as a rusher. He's not like he has a decent season, but he's not. You know, he's not that dude. So I, I think I think the Buffalo Bill Matt Milano man. First of all, can I say I agree with Jordan Phillips? Can I can I say that I agree with you? And I, as much as I love Tremaine, and everybody knows about my love for Tremaine, I love you, Tremaine. Let me go ahead and throw this back up. I love you. But, man, Matt Milano is definitely playing like the defensive player of the year. He was the defensive player of the week in the AFC this week, and he yep. he deserves his love. And everything he's – he got a – what a fumble recovery, like four tackles for loss this week. He like he basically he two did inter- two, two interceptions on the year, and he's gotten his hand on five balls. I made the statement as well that if he if he catches three of those five that he's got his hands on, and this continues for the rest of the year, you might be saying Matt Milano for MVP of the league. Whoa. Like, whoa. whoa, which game was it? Was the was it the Miami game? He had a pick that he dropped that would have probably uh, changed Tennessee, the effect. Miami, Miami, Tennessee, Miami, yeah. several. But it, this past but, one. 
I was about to go here. Shout out to Spin. I was about to go here. Milano, all pro, or we riot. I'm about to make a new shirt. It's happening. Last year was Poyer. Shout out to my man, Matt Milano. What's happening? Milano, all pro, or we riot. Because the thing is, he's playing better football as a linebacker this year. Than, name a better linebacker in the NFL. There isn't like, one. I, I want you to name one. There isn't one. So I, I can't go as far as MVP because it's a quarterback. It's a quarterback. You but know, none just, of the quarterbacks, none of the quarterbacks are exactly doing MVP things. That's what, so in a weak quarterback year, when you've got a linebacker, I don't know, man. Had he gotten, he isn't there. He, he Mahomes didn't. is doing it again. He's doing it again, we'll and he's doing it without yes, Tariq he Hill. He's doing it without Tariq. Yeah. Hill. And as much as I hate to say it, as much as that bother, it pains oh. me to say it. He's doing it without Tariq Hill, and this, this uh, guy could make a statement for it. Yeah, for sure. Michael Micah Parsons, Parsons yeah, losing his mind in Dallas, he is, injured, he is. injured, and losing his mind. I, right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, but I would still take Milano over him, and that's just yeah. me. I know so, he makes the flash plays, and I know um, Parsons. He's a, he's amazing. I'm not saying anything. I don't have anything negative to say about him. Yeah, I'm taking Milano because Milano plays very disciplined as well. Like there are things mm -hmm. that he does that don't come across as big plays. But they're huge plays. If you watch the R22, um, and I know Jerry does, and I know Sarah does, if you watch the R22, there are plays that he makes where he'll make a tackle for a loss for two, that if he doesn't make that, it's probably a touchdown. Yeah. Like where yeah. it's like 40 yards of open field. Jordan made a similar play this week, but we're talking about Matt right now. Like yeah. these are those are the type of plays where it's like they don't really get the praise for those moments. But dude, yeah. they make them so like consistently week yeah. after week after week. Yep. Matt Milano, defensive player of the year, defensive player of the week in the AFC, all pro. We right. Let's get it. I'm, matter of fact, the shirt's gonna drop next week. Damn it. Let's Sarah, do it, Sarah. So the question <laughs> is, Sarah, getting back to uh, DeAndre Swift and uh, and Williams, you know, is it is, do the Bills uh, do they have the capability to repeat what they did last week against Chubb and Kareem Hunt? And I know the easy answer is, well, we just did it to Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Yeah. Of course we can. But that's but, not always. I mean, a... realistically, we we did it to to Cook as well, except for the one run, run that he had that was a missed tackle, and then we did it earlier in the year with Henry. So I definitely think we can do it. Um, I know that Detroit's missing, I think, uh, two or three people on their offensive line. So I think that that helps us a little bit, knowing that we're going to be down Groot and and uh, down Edmonds. So I think that we can still control it. Uh, I believe that we're going to kind of focus on one or the other. It's going to be either focus on the run game or focus on the wide receivers. It's kind of what the, that's been our, our motto kind of this year. It's focus on one or the other. Um, never really thought that we would give uh, uh, uh 300 plus yards uh, in the air, but it happened. But, you know, we still held them under 80 yards rushing. So it's kind of yeah. pick and choose your poison. And I think that we'll continue to do that as well. I, they have a good offense. Yeah, amazing segue. They have that a good I offense, so we'll, amazing you know, segue. we're gonna. Yeah, that I want to ask Jerry, Jerry about, um, real quick. Full stop on this. So I love Triggs. Triggs has been around forever. Tyrell Bernard was not drafted to replace Matt Milano, who just signed or, an extension. Or very... Tremaine. Or Tremaine. <laughs> he wasn't. If there was a conversation that you could maybe slightly possibly have, it would be about Tremaine's in no, his last year of his contract. No, I, no. I, don't, I agree with you. I agree with you. But no. Matt Milano isn't afraid of Terrell Bernard. Like he's under contract for, is it three more years? He's under he's yeah. contract for three more years. Like they're not walking away from Matt Milano's ridiculously cheap hometown discount. All of us shocked that he even signed that deal because he was worth so much more money. Like, it's just not happening. Jerry, the question I have is this, to Sarah's point. Um, if you were the Browns offensive coordinator, 
you think going into the Buffalo Bills game that are displaced, they only practiced for one day, they had another walkthrough, all of their families are literally trapped in their homes, they're no longer at home, so they're experiencing the opposite of what I went through, I had to get home, they left home, the Bills have had trouble stopping the run on defense, yeah. and you come out and you start throwing the football over the field with Jacoby Brissett, which to me was like, what, like, what are you doing? Is that the Lions' game plan this week? Did the did the Lions run from the run defense of the Buffalo Bills and try to put the put the game on Jared? Because to me, the Bills are like, oh no, let Jared go throw it. Go ahead. No, I f- I fully believe they're going to try to run the football, basically because of the lack of experience up front. Um, both guards, I think they're on their second and third team guards, as Sarah talked mm-hmm. about. They're beat up offensive line wise. They're hand in the ground type linemen. They want to run the football first. Uh, these linemen aren't great pass blockers. Uh, right now, this the All Pro centers out, so uh, they've got a couple of big, uh, big road grader types of tackle, uh, you know, All Pro types. I see them running the football, trying to run the football, trying to make this a short football game, knowing that Edmonds is out. Uh, I agree with Spence. Edmonds is the heart and soul of that defense, as far as up the middle, stopping the run, setting. And and the thing that I, the thing that, the thing that people miss on him. He is about as good of a tackler in the NFL as there is. When his hands get on you, you go to the ground. And that's a that's a big time deal, especially with the way they, you know, the way we're playing defense nowadays with limited linebackers, more safeties and things like that. So um, yes, I I I I fully agree with I've what stood, I've stood next to Tremaine Edmonds. It, he's it's like he's it's like an adult ta- tackling toddlers. I mean, like right. his right. arm, his arm, his wingspan right. is just like a little bit. And there's a lot of teams in the NFL trying to find Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, we had a guy at Tulsa yeah, named Zayvon Collins who got picked 13th overall by the Cardinals. Spence knows who he is. Uh, if he watches the news down there. Okay. No, no, no um, I'm a season ticket holder and I don't, and I'm not proud to say it. I'm not proud. You know, and Zayvon is a big, tall, physical, long guy that runs. I think eventually he might end up playing outside backer in a 3-4 somewhere, but they're trying to find that big sideline to sideline middle linebacker. They're always looking for We have him. Please don't let him go. Let's let's give him his contract. Let's let him stay because he makes us better with what they're what they're trying to play on defense. Can We're I having- interject here? Absolutely, because you know Tremaine's my dude. So let like, let me interject for a moment. Is he really? Wait, are you sure? Uh, I no, you were, really. You were a hater. Somebody told me you were a hater. <laughs> I love you, Tremaine. But listen, no, because seriously, the thing is, uh, it, it it gets tiring, like defending this dude, like where it's like, yo, people, every week, Tremaine is horrible. He's the worst linebacker on the league. Like I hear this yeah. stuff every week, and it's like, okay. I don't want to be I don't want to come across as that guy like, well, if you don't understand football, because then that makes me look like the wrong guy. But but in reality, like, look, y'all need to really understand what his job is. His job is not to be the flashy linebacker that that sacks a guy three times a game and to get it. His job is he he controls the defense and he keeps those guys in their place, like the places that they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Tremaine is making sure that they're there. And then he cleans right. up the mess. Like that's his job. His job is not to be the, the the main playmaker, but he makes plays at times, but he cleans up the mess. And if they right. get past Tremaine, right. then you have Jordan and Micah. That's how the Buffalo Bills defense but, is built. And and Tremaine does his job very well. Like he does it very well. And look, I, I get it. This week we we won't have him. Y'all do not want to see this offense with Bernard instead of Tremaine going defense, for or defense. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you don't, you understand you don't what I'm that. saying? as far as how the game is played now with a defensive personnel 
back when back in the day you had Shane Conlon, you had Chris Spielman, and those guys were tackle. You remember here that were I'm a tackle to tackle player. I'm going to make a play from tackle to tackle or tight end to tackle. Well, when you start adding receivers and we start going to nickel and dime, and now we're adding extra safeties, okay? Who's got to come out? They're not going to take any of the defensive linemen out. They're starting to pull linebackers out, right? Mm -hmm. So now you've got two guys. You've got Edmonds, who is a not tackle to tackle guy. He's a sideline to sideline guy, right? He can do all that. He can, he's long. He 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 bogs up the middle with one guy. Then you have Milano, who you know it's like the Werewolves of London song by Warren Zevon. His hair is perfect, right? Um, he is, you know, he's your guy that does all the other stuff, covers. Uh, slasher type backer. So, what what teams are trying to do? Find me another linebacker that that does you know is is as good or better. I mean, the guys is, is a prototype for what they want nowadays. You're muted. You're muted, Spence. See, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. One more comment, and then I'm done. <laughs> are you sure? No, I'm not. I'm lying. I'm completely lying here. I'm not done. But. Jerry and and when John and when we have professional athletes come on these shows and these talk guys it. talk about how good Tremaine Edmonds is and what he does and how good he is at his job. I'm tired of arguing with people on Twitter about Tremaine Edmonds not being a valuable member of this football team. I am tired and I'm not doing it no more. Jerry, big O, John Fina, I've had everybody loves Lorenzo Alexander, right? I've had Lorenzo Alexander on the chop up. Tell me that. Le, come on, man. Like I'm, I'm tired, Joseph, Joseph. I'm tired. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's Sarah's job going to every game now that in the stands, oh, there. she has to start changing minds. <laughs> and she starts, she, she's the campaign. Go ahead. Sarah, what were you going to say? You've been what? I think we may have lost. No, I was going to say, I've been on. Yeah. Yeah, I've been on Tremaine's. I'm sorry. I've been on Tremaine's uh, bandwagon for a while now, even before I heard everybody else. So I've, I've, I've been pushing for Tremaine and I've been the one saying that he's probably the most important person to re-sign. Even over Poyer, I would like to have both, but I think Tremaine is Whoa. is well, now the wait top. A minute now. No, wait, I, no, wait a minute now. I think <laughs> Tremaine then. Well, then this, show, this show just went two hours. <laughs> yeah, well, he knows this how I show just is now going to so. go two hours. He's about to rant about his no, other guy. No, no, wait a minute now. Okay. Sign out now. So you wait a minute. Where's, <laughs> my, where's my hoodie? Where's ahead, my hoodie? Go ahead, Spence. Put the, wait a minute now. Put your uh, put your Thanos put your put your Thanos uh, pull your uh, elbow brace on. The my dog got. signed this from you. Yeah, here we go. Me, okay, yeah. always go. appreciate the love. This is what my guy said. Y'all need to understand who Jordan is. Is is this guy? Are we not undefeated when Jordan Poyer is in the game for the Buffalo yeah. Bills? Are yeah. we not one in three when Jordan Poyer is not on the field? I need y'all to also understand. Y'all talking about and I love Micah. So I'm not saying nothing negative about, my, about Micah. But y'all talking about Jordan's age. He's a freaking year younger than Micah. He's he's a year younger than Micah. Yeah. But nobody said they're, they're the same conversation about Jordan right now are going to happen next year about Micah. Just so you okay. know. Just so everybody's but, ready. But but Jordan's a year younger. So Correct. maybe Jordan, this conversation about him being old should happen a year later. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> what I'm saying is mm. at this point, when I'm looking at this defense, and I know Big O and me disagreed last night on the code of conduct. What I'm saying no. is we need to figure out a way to where Micah and Jordan retire together as Buffalo Bills in two years. 
make their contracts the same for two extra years, draft somebody that so they can build in. up. You know what I mean? But 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 all this talk about letting him go and talk about I, I don't see comments where people look, look. Jordan Poyer is one of the most important. Jerry, I love you, bro. Please don't do this to me, man. Please don't do this to me, Jerry. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. All I'm gonna say is this: you don't pay you don't pay new car prices for a 12 year old vehicle. Okay, uh, um, not in COVID. Not after COVID, you do. Listen, <laughs> you listen. Okay, now look, yeah. look. How many? Here's what I'm. Here's all I'm saying. I love Poyer like you love Poyer. You gave me the difficult decision. Okay, you you gave me. It's like you. It's like you went to me and said, "Okay, Big O, you're baking a cake. You got You got milk, butter, and eggs. You got to take one of them away. What are you going to take away? Right? And that's what you gave me the equivalent of last night. You said you got you got Ed Oliver, you got Poyer, and you got Edmonds. Which one are you going to let walk? So all I did was act like like Miss like our general manager and said, "Okay." I'm going to sit back and look at rate of return, okay? If I'm going to pay somebody a lot of money, I'm going to pay a guy that is probably young, it's probably going to be reliable, and it's probably going to be on the field for most of the season, correct? That's all I'm saying. I love Jordan, Jordan Poyer. The problem I have with giving him a long-term contract and a ton of money is he just hasn't been on the field. I, I wish you if, – if he didn't have the, the injuries, yes, I would. he would have been one of my two. But you made me – you gave me a hard decision. Yeah. You know? I, I was uh, surprised uh, you know, that they – And that's why I look at it. I look at it financially. Yeah. I was Go surprised there. that they restructured Hyde instead of – I was uh, surprised they restructured Hyde instead of extending him along with Poyer and kind of making it work at the same time because I really thought that they would do it so that they could both retire together you know, do, uh, you know, an extra year, year for, for Hyde and do two for, for Poyer. So in three years time that they could both retire at the same time and they didn't do it. And I was surprised. I'm going to just tell y'all, um, I'm disappointed in you both. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I, I don't think I'm gonna talk to y'all for the rest of the week, but here's where I'm going with All this. Right. Sounds good. Jordan Poyer is an all pro player. Like, and it was last yeah. year. This is like last year. And then I just said, are we not undefeated when he plays? Are we not one and three when he doesn't? Like, it, it's a clear – I'm not even saying – I'm not going to tell y'all what Jordan's asking for, but I can promise you the Bills can afford it. That's what I'll say. He's not asking for a, a four-year deal for $70 million. He's He's not asking for, like, top – he's not. He wants to he wants to retire a bill and he doesn't even want to play another five years. That's not what he's talking about. So what I'm saying is you keep this guy around. And it's not it's not just because he's my guy. I, the dude. Uh, I don't even know how to express this. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm not I'm not. I, I get it. I get your I get your passion. That's not the that's not my. Look, that's not even. I'm not even arguing that. I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, and if at, I would have said, if, if, if you, I would have said Poyer over Edmonds, you, you'd be doing the same exact thing, and you would find no, a way to discredit well, no. yeah, They both deserve question, to. Right? I mean, they both deserve right. it. But when, but when it was just said, and they was like, "Well, I'd rather keep Edmonds," and I was like, "Hold on, hold on," because honestly, as much as I love Tremaine, Tremaine is a great. Like I recognize what he is to the team, but when Tremaine misses the game. Matt Milano, like this past Sunday, Matt Milano showed up in a big way and done same thing with Ed Oliver. When Ed Oliver misses games, Tim Settle and Daquan Jones, they do their job. And it's almost like, oh, he didn't play. 
you know what I mean? It, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but mm. but when 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 we miss Jordan, especially in the season where Micah Hyde is out for the season, especially in the year where he's out, when Jordan Poyer doesn't play, listen, yeah, you 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 literally just you just made your own argument against yeah. you. The no, argument against the argument against you is when when Edmonds is out, Milano is there. When when Oliver is out, Daquan Jones and Jordan Phillips and those guys are there. When Jordan's out, Micah's not there. No, so and I, I didn't make it against me. What I'm saying is when Micah's out and Jordan's out, we fall off. That's right. And the same thing would be true with Edmonds if Milano, when we've seen no. Milano and Edmonds both gone, it's a problem. No, right, when they're both gone. But what I said was if I'm gonna go in order, to me it's Jordan, yeah. Tremaine, and yeah. then Ed. That that's it's that's just, how I see just, it. So it's just the, where is that on his contract? Is he up to his fifth year option? He's yet? on his fifth year, Probably I believe. Close. This year, this year. So he's, he's got a fifth year option this year. No, he's a free agent after this year. Right. So they might not be able to they might not be able to to afford him anyway. I mean, that's the other thing. If you're gonna pay two of the three, they might not be able to pay Edmonds well, Ed and is, Oliver market value. So Poyer may stay just because of Ed's uh, fifth, uh, Ed's fifth year's next year. Ed's fifth year's next year. So Poyer's Ed's gonna end up on Miami. Yeah. He go that boy gonna end up in Miami. Poyer's gone. So we'll we'll see. I mean, it, you know, the it's the Bills are doing magical things. Let's let's uh we're getting long in the tooth, and I know that we promised to go a little bit longer than an hour, which is fine. But uh how critical, and anybody can jump in on this one anywhere you want to run. So or maybe we'll go to Sarah, the lovely Sarah first. How critical is it for the Bills to secure this win against the Lions and keep pace with the Dolphins and the Chiefs? Is this a situation where if you're gonna drop a game, this is the game to drop? There's a lot against the Bills. They didn't practice last week, short week this week, so they barely practice this week, got key injuries. Blah, 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 blah. Or is this do or die? That's the question for the panel. Sarah, you get to go first. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's do or die. I would like to say that it's do or die. Our, our three games after that are do or die. And those are all the divisional games. But uh, obviously, you want to go into those divisional games with the win. So, um, But we have uh, Patriots, the Jets, and Miami all coming up right after. So uh, obviously, we we'll want to keep um, the winning streak going. Um, we want to stay pace. I would say more so right now with uh, with uh, ch- uh, the Chiefs because we can you know we control our own destiny when it comes to the Dolphins and you know the Jets and the yeah. Patriots. Yeah, for sure, Jerry. Uh, even with this being a short week, I'm going to actually kind of co-sign some of the stuff that you had talked about earlier, Joe and Spence and Sarah. When I look at this game, if 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 this team is as good as they as we all think they are, they will go out tomorrow and handle business. Mm. Um, Detroit is, I know this is Thanksgiving. I know it's a short week. I get all, all the stuff that goes with it, but this is a team that's banged up on the, on the offensive line. Their defense is ranked 32nd in the league for a reason. Looking at them on the all 22 today, they, they run a four man front. Um, it's a little bit like ours. Um, uh, Hutchinson stands up a lot like, um, a lot like Von Miller does, but their defensive linemen play more of a two gap scheme than a slashing up field scheme like we do they kind of play their defense more like a three four with Hutchinson almost being a hybrid d end outside linebacker a lot of this team plays a lot of single high safety because they're bringing a safety down to play the contain on Hutchinson's side because Hutchinson kind of they're allowing him to freelance a little bit so they need a solid contain they bring that safety down um, so you're going to get a lot of man free mm. a lot of man coverage underneath one high single high so we should be able to beat some coverage and make some plays um, if we're if we're who we think we are, we shouldn't have any issues tomorrow. We should see some big plays out of our passing game, mm-hmm. especially with with our quarterback. Because when you're playing a lot of man coverage, those those corners and those safeties, their backs are turned to the line of scrimmage. 
So yeah. when the quarterback breaks out, they don't see what's going on. They got to listen to the U's and O's in the stands. So, um, no, I think we should take care of business. I expect a really solid game out of us. And if we struggle and we barely win and or we lose, then we're, we're in trouble. Yeah, the, Buff- the, or the NFL literally wants the Buffalo Bills to be – Maximus from Gladiator when he chucks the, yeah. the sword into the into the into the seats and, and looks around and goes, Are you not entertained? Like, are you not entertained? Let's look right. who the NFL wants the Bills to be on Thanksgiving. Spence, what you got? Uh I'm gonna let Sarah go because I'm I'm a little sure he went. Sure he went. Uh, well, I'm okay. I already did. I'm okay. So, so you don't feel that this is a must win or not? No, because I feel like the, I, like I feel like we're giving the Dolphins too much credit, and I, and and I don't want to come across as a hater here. Like I think, like yeah, they're seven and three, just like the Bills. But when I look at when I look at the Dolphins, I still see that they have to go against the 49ers who look like a Super Bowl contender out to NFC right. since the trade deadline. Uh, when I look at the Chargers, I look at they have a healthy quarterback now who, you know, so those two games aren't walking the parks. I think the Jets have a great defense. I don't know what Mike White is going to be. I don't know who's going to be starting at quarterback then. I don't know. But, and they have to play us again. So, so what I'm saying is there's four games right there that I don't think that they're going to win. And I I just think that we're like giving them too much credit. The Chiefs. Okay. That's a different kind. It's important for us to get first in the conference. Yeah, but yeah. I don't want to come across as that guy where it's like everything is negative. But when you lose games that we're not supposed to lose, the Jets, Miami, those mm-hmm. two games we weren't supposed to lose. So now I'm bothered by that. Like I'm bothered because now you want to go on this run and you got to save your season when really, no, we should have saved a season against Miami. Again, yeah. I, I was there. So I'm not going to say it's no excuse, but like, bro, that, that Ooh. weather was, it was different. <laughs> Stifling. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't blame them, but, but the jets. No, I, I'm with you. And I love that take. I'm glad you said it. Um, and the only thing I would say is, you know, being the number two seed or the number three seed to me, just get this team, just getting in is the most important thing because as much as home field advantage through the playoffs in Buffalo, to me, sounds like a sure, a sure bet to get to the Super Bowl. This is a really good road team. They've for the last three years, they've been a really good road team. And the Bills in the playoffs on the road doesn't scare me that much. Um, do I want to go to Kansas City again? No. No. But do I think the Bills can beat Kansas City in Kansas City with that crowd? Yes. Hmm. They've done it. Right? I mean, it's just not one of those things. Not in the playoffs, right? But they've done it. Well, right? So I mean, but see, the playoffs is a completely we're undefeated at home in the playoffs, and we're we're defeated. Right. And I and I understand you didn't beat in the playoffs, but damn, man, the, the 13 second deal. And I'm not going to go back to shoulda, coulda, woulda, but whoever decided to play 12 to 15 yards off the best tight end in football, I mean, me, Gary, I believe at the Kansas City game that we just went to, you texted me and said those guys are paid too, Joe. When the Bills gave up a, a field goal on 14 seconds. Yeah, they are. But what I'm saying is I wasn't even talking about that. I was talking about the cushion they gave Kelsey yeah. to catch the ball to be able to kick the field goal. Yeah. But yeah, real no. quick, real quick. Let's do uh before we pivot, because this is a collab show and we've talked all about this has been a fun, a phenomenal conversation. And we've been all over the place and it's been a blast. I've enjoyed it like thoroughly. But we- <laughs> Spence's heart rate got, got up today. That's good. Look, we don't like have that. my Apple watch on. Y'all lucky. They would be sending 911 to the house right now. <laughs> right now. But uh, this is a collab show. And we do want to talk a little bit of college football before we get out of here. So let's real quick, just give a go around the horn, give a quick game prediction and Josh Allen's stat line. And then we'll talk some college football of which I will gladly step sort of to the side. 
because <laughs> I don't know that much about college football. Jay Spence, game prediction, Josh Allen stat line. First of all, shout out to LSU. Uh, we're going to go Josh Allen is going to have – I think this is the game where Josh Allen comes back and he's like, you know what, y'all thought, you know, back you – know, what's the what's the Mike Jones song? Back then they didn't want me, now I'm hot, they all on me. He about to show y'all he the dude. <laughs> like, he about to step up again and like, look, I know I had a couple rough weeks. Y'all thought it was what it was. I'm about to what show y'all that I am JA17. Like, that's the dude what that I am, and y'all going to respect it. I think Josh Allen going to have three touchdowns passing in the air one on the ground. I think he, we also going to have a rushing touchdown. We're going to blow this mm. team out. It's not going to be close. It's not yeah. going to be close. Josh Allen on Thanksgiving shows out and he shows up and he likes to have fun. And mm. and not even just Thanksgiving, prime time. He has fun. Mm. He about to make this thing. It's about to be ugly for Detroit. And Sarah's going to have a good time out there. Score? Score. I'm going to go uh, we, we going to give Tyler Bass some love here. So we're going to go 46 because it's going to have two field goals. Wow. You heard me. 46 <laughs> to 14. It got quiet this wow. week. Sarah. All right. I um my score prediction is 40. The show, right? I know. I know. I don't even know how to I don't know how to beat that one. Um when no, I have 4120 has been mine. Yeah. 4120 has been Hoosiers, my score prediction. And I think uh Josh 4120. And I think Josh will have a 325-ish uh in the air. But wait a minute. And yeah, I'd like to have see this... both running backs. Well, y'all didn't have the same reaction for Sarah with the 4120. Is it's basically the same score. I'm just, I'm, I'm literally in my head. I'm going two forty burgers because I'm formulating my comment. Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead, Sarah. No, I'm yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm just saying. Forty-one twenty. The, the voice yeah. is calculated. <laughs> yeah, that was my prediction last night when I was on a pod. So forty-one twenty. I'm going to stick with it. Three twenty-five in the air, and I'm hoping that um, both uh, Singletary and Cook can both uh, have seventy-five plus again each. Jerry O. Thirty-seven seventeen. I think about 37-17, the Bears. Uh, Josh Allen's going to uh, run for 2,000 yards. Um, no, I've got 37-17. <laughs> I think Josh Allen I think Josh Allen has under 300 yards passing because most 100 yards rushing. We finally mm. wake up and decide to let, let, let the stallion be a stallion, right? Um, you can't, you know, you can't, you can't make him something he's not. I think he takes it over. I think they play well. I think the defense – uh, takes advantage of a uh, very, very undermanned Detroit offensive line and uh, gets gets uh, Goff off of his spot and has a day. I think we'll I think we'll sack the quarterback at least three times, maybe. I think we'll 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 get up almost five sacks this weekend, maybe more. So that's the over under on sacks is five. Two, two forty like burgers, an almost forty burger, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not predicting a forty burger <laughs> or an all, almost forty burger. But if it happens, the overreaction post game show tomorrow night is going to be lit, and I'm going to be talking oh. about wildest dreams land <laughs> and t-shirts that are now for sale from Buff on Wack. Go get your right now. Go get your wildest dreams land t-shirt right now on buffonwack.com. Like Wait a minute. legit. Go ahead. Does McKenna approve of you saying lit on on your show? I just I need to know it. that. <laughs> I can say whatever I want. I'm wearing Carhartt. Like I can. I, I, I I'm a free agent on my hat. I can do whatever I want to do. Right. My we face get, over my shoulder. Man. We gotta get hump day hats. We gotta. Yeah, get we gotta get gear, man. We gotta get geared up. I, I mean, hump day hats would be. 
Hey, I know it. That's what I'm saying. We got to get. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to go a little more conservative on my game prediction. So I think Josh Allen is probably in that 280 to 300, 295, 280 to 300 range. Uh, I think he's got a couple touchdowns. I would love to see him rush for a touchdown just to bur- burst that bubble because it's been a minute since it's oh, happened. Um, and then uh, for a score, I'm probably in the 32 range, 31, 32 to probably 17. 20 somewhere around there for me but uh that's exciting and i can't wait for this football game and i'm looking forward to the post game show which is tomorrow night nine o'clock not eight because it's family time and that'll give everybody time to settle in people to relax get home wives can husbands whatever can go to their respective areas of the house and watch my show but yes i feel like you should do a, a joint like i feel like you should let people call in i know it's not the tomorrow yeah nope. Because I want to call in is what I'm saying. Like, I feel like you should let me call in because it's going to be a game that I will want to talk about, but I don't have a show and I'm sad. But before we move on, because I know we're about to talk about college and we're going to talk about all that. I do want everybody to understand the entire panel just caught a a blowout. Yeah. Not the same way. Me and Sarah got a 40 burger, but everybody called a blowout. So I need you to understand what we need to happen tomorrow is this team to play like the team that we know them to be. Yeah, if they sure. don't play, if Josh is in his head, which is what Jerry yelled up at me about yesterday and th- at the beginning of the show, he's like, are you kidding me, Spence? We're seven and three. I mean, yeah, because we're in our, look, we need a, we need them to play the way they're supposed to play. Go Bills. Let's get it. College. Let's, let's go. It. LSU. Tigers. Go Talk Tigers. a big matchups in college, <laughs> uh, college rankings with Jerry and Sarah, Sarah rather for, uh, from the three man rush, because this is what you guys do. You are a college football show. It's been uh fun watching you guys kind of, Oh, look, oh, and they take the top spots. Uh, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hand it, I'm gonna hand it up. So, uh, if you guys would like to kind of take over the show for the next couple minutes, that'd be awesome. Go on, Sarah, you can take it. Yeah, all right. So, uh, the, the college football uh, committee just came out last night. We have our, our top four, which hasn't changed at all at this point in time. We got Georgia at one. We got OS, uh, Ohio State University at two. We got Michigan at three and uh, TCU at four. Uh, LSU moved up to five. And then at six, we have uh, USC, which to me was kind of the, the biggest surprise. I kind of thought USC would jump over LSU. I see uh, Spence rolling his eyes right now. Um, well, but- I, I want to hear Spence. <laughs> and I'm an LSU fan. I want to hear Spence try to convince me why why the hell they should be in the top four. I'm, I'm dying to hear this yeah. one with two losses. I mean, no, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. I'm I'm going to get it. Trust me. I'm going to get it. Go ahead. I can't wait to hear. Finish your rundown. I'm going to get it. No. So basically, uh, that was kind of my surprise this week. I really thought that USC, uh, they've only lost one game and it was by one point. I thought they were going to jump into that that kind of fifth spot. Uh, This week coming up, we got Ohio State going against Michigan. So that's going to shake up some stuff in the top four right now. And uh, TCU has pretty much an easy game this week, but then they have their uh, championship game. So we'll, we probably should see that, you know, shake up as well. And then uh, the SEC in two weeks will have their championship game, which will be Georgia against LSU. So that will be an interesting shakeup there. So uh, LSU does have a chance if they find a way to figure out how to be Georgia, they do have a chance to get in even with their losses. Uh, But uh, Jerry, what do you think about this week's, selections and how do you feel about uh lsu at five well i think we see a lot of of what we're looking at right now is is style points right i mean every year the the selection committee has something that they that there's an emphasis on okay 
And when I say style points, I'm, I mean more along the lines of conference, strength of conference, strength of schedule. Um, if you look at this, you can't take a team like a TCU that's 11-0 and and take them out of the top four. Okay, they control their own destiny. They went out, they win their conference championship, they are in the final four. It's just the way it goes. But if you look at LSU sitting at five, they obviously they will go ahead and honor a SEC team, okay, over a Southern California team that's 10 and one. And look where Clemson is. They're at eight at 10 and one, and Alabama above them. So to me, this is a this is a, a selection committee that takes big time consideration into not only strength of schedule, but also where you are uh, conference-wise. Spence, I just think you sit back, sip your crown, and wait because they're going to try to get three SEC teams in this Final Four. And, you know, LSU again, they're going to have a chance to control their own destiny. They're going to get to play Georgia. If you can beat them, they come on, maybe you're in. But uh, right now, they don't deserve to be in that four. Well, see, my thing is, when when we talk about LSU, it's like I get that they started off a little bit slow. Like, they had a couple losses early in the season that, one, you probably feel like they shouldn't have had. I get that. But I feel like, you know, when you're talking about where teams are now, they're playing big and they're playing they're, – they're, I don't know. I just feel like they're they're playing in a way where you shouldn't be able to deny them based on what happened early. If they're good now – I want the best – when it comes to the playoffs, when it comes to the, the championship, I want the best football possible. I don't want, oh, well, you lost a game in September, so you shouldn't play in January. I don't I don't want to hear that. I want the best possible football. And to me right now, LSU is playing the best doggone possible football possible. They And, and shout out to my man Trey White. Uh, I know he ain't back yet. Some Bills fans are a little annoyed about that. But – Trey would probably slap me twice if I didn't uh, really hype our boys with, with the LSU Tigers. Right, and I'm a ti- I'm an LSU Tigers fan. I mean, I love LSU and Reed Ferguson. Um, you Show know, the Reed, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But when I look at it, don't schedule don't schedule a, a a basically a non-conference game that might as well be a bye week at the end of, of your schedule. I mean, they go ahead and when they went and played UAB last week. I'm not saying UAB is just is a terrible program, but as far as what they've been playing, yes, they're not up to snuff. So don't play those types of games late in the season. But that's how the SEC schedule uh, falls. That's what they've done all the time. It's 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 the late in the season non conference game, and I think that kills them. Yeah. Yeah, they also two weeks ago just barely, you know, snuck out a win against Arkansas. So I'm still not quite on that hype train with uh, with LSU. If they beat Georgia, um, it, then I will change my tune. But uh, right now, I can't wait for this weekend's games. It's rivalry week, so it's a big deal. We have a lot of, you know, big games coming up. Um, biggest game will be Ohio State against Michigan. Do we um, want to talk my, about? You know, the, do we want to talk about the college Super Bowl that is every year OSU versus Michigan, and this year two so, okay. versus three? So, eleven. Are we, are we gonna, wait? Are we going to be vain? <laughs> are we going to be vain and say it's the Super Bowl? Let's not. They're for not even the best football. team. Okay. For no, they're not football. even the best team. <sighs> Dude, co- yeah, college coaches, um, college coaches at OSU and Michigan get fired for not beating <laughs> the other team. This is well. It, it also happens. It also happens in the Iron Bowl, Joe. I mean, if you mm-hmm. go ahead and you look at Bill Curry at Alabama, to this day has either the highest or one yep. of the highest win percentages in the history of the school, but couldn't beat Auburn, so he, he's yep. out of a job. Yep. But and no, Alabama and Auburn he, play. 
Yep. Yep. Alabama and Auburn play. We had Bedlam last week, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. But no, Michigan, uh, Michigan at Ohio State, uh, noon on Saturday, a huge game. I think most of us have been waiting for it. This is the game where the first time in, in his history as the head coach of Michigan that Jim Harbaugh comes in 11 and 0. And um, we're looking at a, uh, we're looking at this is this is the game, okay, for for Michigan. If they can win this game, I think this yeah. solidifies Harbaugh's legacy at Michigan. If they lose, right. well, we're back to they're not they never were really that good anyway. And the question is, does he get fired? Because he has yeah. survived longer well, than I any also... other Michigan coach that has not beaten OSU. Right, well, they beat him last year, right? Yeah, they beat him. That's what I'm saying. It took him until last year to beat OSU. So I think he went four. Is it four straight years? Five years without be- beating OSU, which is not normal. Head coaches have gone for much less than that. Right, but Michigan is the anomaly. They've been so poor for so many years that they've given Harbaugh whatever he wants just because yeah. of the way that, that they've won. But, no, I, you're right, Joe. That is definitely a possibility. Yeah. Sarah? I don't think Michigan is good as their 11 and 0 uh, record. And I've been saying that since the beginning of the year, um, all of them, you know, TCU like and Michigan and Ohio state, they, they've, they've kind of, they've <laughs> snuck in these victories towards the, towards the end of the year. Um, but, but with me, I, you know, I'm looking at Michigan and Ohio state this weekend. I don't even want to do a prediction unless I know if Quorum's going to be playing, but um, I'm going to, Think that he's playing and say that it's going to remain close, but I still think Ohio State at home is going to pull out the victory. So I have 31-23. I have 31-23 is my final prediction. Jerry, what do you got? I think you I think you're looking at potentially this is a game where if you're a, a Sorry, draft I- geek, you get to if you're a draft geek, you get to watch potentially the number one pick in the NFL draft next year uh play, and that is uh, uh CJ Stroud. Um, you know, number one in passing efficiency in the United States or in the country, uh, leads in passing touchdowns with 35, enters the Michigan game with 2,991 passing yards, top five rankings in five different statistical categories, TDs, he's first, passing efficiency first, yards per attempt first, completion of 30-plus yards, he's first, yards per completion, he's third. I mean, the guy is everything. and and He doesn't look like an NFL quarterback. Well, you know what? There's a lot of guys right now playing the league that don't look like what you would think NFL quarterbacks would look like, yeah. but they're playing. And it's the way the game's going because if you can't figure out how to utilize them in your offense, you're going to be behind the eight ball because yeah. this is what you're getting now. Yeah. It's, okay. It's, it's, all it's the just, programs just, are doing it. It's just wild to me. This is Troy Smith. This is Terrell Pryor. This is all these guys over. Like, but the Buckeyes never put out a great quarter. I, so my wife went to OSU, graduated from, and both my girls were born at OSU Hospital. I'm not really a Buckeyes fan. I've got a rooting interest, kind of, sort of. Um, but I just, it's for me, this is another Marcus Mariota. This is another Jameis Winston, where in college I watch him play. Mm. They don't look like Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, when you watched Andrew Luck at Stanford, you were like, that dude can play. These guys, you're just like, well, okay, right? I mean, I watch C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud can play. Um, I think he's a. I think he's a hell yes, of a can. quarterback. Now, I feel like Joe's he, a hater. I feel like I Joe's a told, hater. I was told the same yeah. thing about <laughs> Justin Fields. I was told the same thing last year. I, I literally Bruce Nolan and Greg Thompson both. I was like, I don't get the Justin Fields love, and they're like, you're crazy, man. This kid's gonna be this and that, and he was that and this and blah 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 blah. <laughs> My sister, who's also a Buckeye it's all right. Fan. So we got we got Jamie mad at Joe, and we got Darrell mad at me. So so we're good. So sorry, Darrell. Sorry. Somebody <laughs> mad at everybody. I would but, not um, have. I don't. 
I don't know if I'd have played Fields. Fields had to play because of the situation in Chicago. He needed to sit for a year or two. Um, but they don't, Jerry. It. They never do. Right. Well, some don't. Some do. I don't think. I think C.J. Stroud is a star. I really do. The Grinch. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll see. I didn't mean to interrupt the flow. I'm sorry. I just uh, no. Yeah. You haven't interrupted the flow. I mean, it's it's obvious you, you don't know? like Ohio State. Yeah, you just got a bad no, Ohio I'm not State. A, take. That's if all. I'm rooting for a college football team, I'm rooting for the Buckeyes. Like you're I just a in, hater. No, you're just I, a hater. It's okay. Uh, I lived in Columbus for 13 years. It's all right. Years. I mean, you My know, is a Buckeye fan. Which friend groups <laughs> friend groups all have somebody like that. It's okay, Joe. We we accept you. We still love you. I think at this point we're used to Joe being a hater. That's all. Oh no. All right. So guys. no, I so think the, it's uh, the next you know game this we got yeah. is uh, sorry, I, I'm at a little bit of a delay. The next game we got is number nine Oregon at number twenty one Oregon State. I have uh it's at Oregon State. I have the score is twenty seven twenty four, keeping it within the three point um spread at this point in time. Uh Oregon's got the offense, Oregon State's got the defense. Jerry, what do you think? <sighs> The only thing that I like about Oregon State is has anybody ever been to Corvallis? I mean, it's it's kind of like where you get you know those those shows where you get sent to a to a uh, a faraway prison camp where you get forgotten about. Um, Corvallis is in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> man. It's like it's 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 lousy. Um, I I ride with with Oregon and their offense in this game. I think you can't you can't go away from Bo Nix. Um, he's doing way too much. Oregon, a top 10 ranked offense in the country. Yep. Uh, I like Oregon in this game as well. One of the best quarterbacks. Yep. I agree. But I don't All think right. he and does. The third, I don't think got... he does. I don't think, excuse me. I don't think he does correlate to the NFL. I don't, I don't agree with him, but I do like CJ Stroud. Oh, you don't think Nick's correlates? No. no. Nick's or Stroud? I don't. I think Stroud does. I don't Sorry. think Nick's does. All right. Wow. All right. Okay. All right. So then the third game we wanted to uh, touch on is number six, USC at number 15, Notre Dame. I actually think this is going to be a more interesting game than the Michigan, Ohio State one. Um, I'm excited to see what USC can do because they have no defense whatsoever. So it'll be interesting to see how they hold up against Notre Dame. If they come and actually have a good game, then they should you know, jump over LSU and make it into the, uh, into the playoffs because either Ohio state or Michigan should fall out with their loss. So I have right now 34, 28 USC. What's your opinion on that one, Jerry? Um, I, I so want, and I'm not a Notre Dame fan. <laughs> it, this, this Spence and I talked about I this Notre last Dame. night. I, I hate the Steelers, but, but I love Mike Tomlin. Okay. Yeah. I think Mike Tomlin's the best coach in the league. I hate Notre Dame with a passion, but I think Marcus Freeman is one of the best young football coaches in the in the country, and I think eventually you'll see him coaching in the NFL. Uh, tremendous, tremendous head coach. Loved the hire by the Fighting Irish when they when they hired him, a former defense coordinator uh, at Cincinnati. But you know, you look at USC and another. If you want to watch this game, another potential or will be a top five NFL draft pick in this game, and Caleb Williams. The transfer from Oklahoma that's now at USC, tremendous quarterback. He has that. He has that feel already. Joe, watch him play, and I think everything you don't like about C.J. Stroud, you'll see in Caleb Williams, and you'll like. He is much more polished as far as I think 
just the way he he handles himself on the field and some of the throws he makes are tremendous. But another huge offensive uh, uh, team, ranked sixth in the nation. Uh, they're fourth in the nation in passing offense, 330.8 yards a game. Um, and Lincoln Riley can coach offense with anybody in the world, but he can't coach defense. And, um, you know, that's where I think that Notre Dame has a chance to ugly it up and do what Notre Dame does, which is run the football, play physical, and hopefully get some turnovers, get USC frustrated and pull one out. Um, again, like I said, oh, not a Notre Dame fan, but hopefully they win this football game. And um, But I'm still going to have to go with USC. I think they're just too much for them offensively. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yeah. All right. And then quickly, we just uh, I just wanted to point out Clemson kind of controls their own destiny. They play South Carolina. South Carolina won last week against uh, Tennessee. So it'll be a very interesting game. Clemson is uh, 10 and one, I believe, at this point. Uh, and they're going into the ACC championship. So there's a there's a potential that they can con- kind of control their own destiny. And then also another interesting game will be LSU. Uh, at Texas A&M. So Texas A&M has not showed up at all this year. They've played a very terrible season under Jimbo, but I think that it's at Texas A&M. So there's a good opportunity that LSU uh, could have some struggles and we'll really see what they're made of uh, against that team. Um, But other than that, we usually kind of round off with uh, Syracuse and the Buffalo Bulls and just kind of wanted to say that Syracuse has their last game coming up. Uh, They're going to be at Boston College. So Hopefully they can pull out a victory before heading into their bowl game. This dude, and then, he's uh, like Carrot Top, the Bulls, man. He's like Carrot Top. He got props everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> the Bulls, their last game, they they actually had it canceled because of the weather. The weather, so that that game will only happen if it's absolutely needed. Uh, but they had this week um, against Kent State, so it's their final game. They need it. They need to win in order to become bowl eligible. So we didn't want to talk too much about them this week. And let's see where, where we go with, uh, with them being a bowl eligible uh, starting next week. Super, super good. Well, great job, everybody. That was a, uh, I'm swimming a little bit because it's uh, more than I know about college football. So that was really freaking awesome. And I well, love I'm proud that. of you guys. I'm proud of you guys. You actually, you, you paid attention and you were, you were, you were, you were, you were your eyes, eye contact was, was there. Um, you know, you weren't on your phone or anything. It was very good, man. That's I appreciate awesome. that. I awesome. tried. I tried good to pay job. attention and, and like really you you give did. you guys all the support you needed because it was tempting. I was like, let me go and search Twitter or something because I don't know nothing about that. Was a, <laughs> but, yeah, that was a mere that was a mere a mere shot at the surface of what we normally get into. Yes. We get into oh, quite yes. a bit on that hour show. Yeah. And, well, and if you like college football, we get after it. And I would like to say, first of all, you know, um, like I just joked there, but if you're in a college at all, at all, you want to watch the three man rush. It's probably not going to have a name change. It's going to be three man rush. You're going to want to watch this show because both Jerry and Sarah and the third member that we bring in are going to be well versed in everything that you want to know. If you're looking for, you know, I mean, some of us are better. Some of us like to spend some money. So you're going to want to listen to them about who's going to win and who's not going to win. You're going to want to listen to a lot of different things. And then also outside of that, they just have good like they really, really cover a lot of things. I learned a lot this year over the last three games already or three weeks that they've already done the show. So 
please please tune into the, the three-man rush. Jerry has something coming soon where he's going to be talking about the NFL overall. It's just not going to be about the Buffalo Bills. He's going to talk about every game. He's going to break mm. down every single thing, every single week. I need y'all to check in. So uh, just understand, Buffalo Rumblings has something special happening, and we got a lot of things. We got a Buffalo Bills player that probably will be on board. Like, he's about to, he's about to, it's about to happen. I didn't want to make that announcement, but I kind of just made the announcement. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So so what I'm saying is we got things happening and, and Buffalo Rumblings is doing things to change and grow. And, and we want to make sure we continue to bring you all the best content possible. So uh, check Great. in with Joe, check in with me, check in with Jerry, Sarah, Bruce. I mean, we got a whole lineup of, of awesome talent. So just just yeah. continue to check in with us. So with Dale, that, let's get out hating. here. Stop hating, Daryl. <laughs> Joe's a hater. Joe's a hater. So, so, so with, with that, right, Jerry, Joe. tell everybody where they can find you, Jerry. <laughs> it's. I just want you to know it's okay, Joe. We still love you, man. Like I said, we all we all have it. that one guy. Adastrowski underscore Big O is where you can find me on Twitter. Um, I don't believe in Facebook. I think it's going to end the world one day. Amen. And uh, I am on Instagram as well. So uh, I could, if I could remember that, I'm too old to remember it. I'll give it next time. But uh, but yeah, we're, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm active on there. So Awesome. Sarah? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at, at Sarah underscore Larson. I'm on Facebook at Sarah C. Larson, if you find me. Uh, and then I also have uh, Buffalo Bills Stampede, Stampede which is our... Um, our Facebook page on uh, on Facebook. Awesome. Jay Spencer King. Hey, it's me and Joe every week. Come back and check us out next week. We got another Thursday game next week, and we're going to probably do something else special next week. But check me and Joe out. Join the Code of Conduct. I got my girl Liv, Moods, Mo- Liv Moody joining me next week mm. from mm. Uh, FanDuel. It's going to be a great show. I can't wait to hang with her and kick it with her. Joe, what you got? I'm on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. But ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network presented by Picasso's Pizza for myself. Wait, Buffalo, they've been tuned into the Hump Day Hotline and the Three Men Rush. It's a mashup. Let's get it. Let's get it. Literally just, it's just a, it's a habit. It's like, I just have this thing in my brain. You're a machine, dude. You're a machine. It's okay. I'm going to try it again. Three, two, one. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, you've been tuned into the Humpty Hotline and the Three Man Rush on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network presented by Picasso's Pizza. My name is Joe Miller, host of the show, Jay Spencer King, co-host. And then from Three Man Rush, Big O, Jerry Ostrowski, and Sarah Larson. For me, for Jay Spence, for Jerry, for Sarah, for everybody at Buffalo Rumblings, happy Thanksgiving. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.